0: This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago. Issuesetc.org.
1: If I recall when I was exposed to Bill Gothard's teachings as a teenager, it was called Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts. It's now called Institute in Basic Life Principles. A little bit of an update, but Bill Gothard's teaching is hasn't changed much, even with his downfall and his resignation from the institution that he founded. If you watched TLC's reality program called 19 Kids and Counting and its several spinoffs, you were watching a family that was deeply entrenched in the principles of Bill Gothard's teachings. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to talk about coming out of Bill Gothard fundamentalism, Ginger Duggar-Volo. She's a married mother of two children in Los Angeles, the sixth child in the Duggar family's TLC's 19 Kids and Counting, and author of the new book, Becoming Free Indeed, My Story of Disentangling Faith from Fear. Ginger, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: What's it like growing up on TV?
2: Oh. That's a packed question, really. Growing up on TV, it was interesting. It's really all I knew. I was on TV from the age of 10 until just a few years ago. And it's interesting because there, it provided tons of opportunities for me as a young person to like travel the world and to be able to meet a lot of interesting, amazing people. And then at the same time, it was also challenging because I think so many people were looking in with a microscope at our family, and that was tough as a kid.
1: You say that you're not deconstructing your faith. What do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I think that so many, sadly today, have been harmed by a teacher who claimed to speak for God but didn't, or they were in a church setting where they said, I was harmed within that. So instead of just learning from that and and running to Jesus, a lot of them say, well, I'm going to tear apart my faith down to the studs, never to rebuild it again because I've been so harmed within Christianity or by someone who claims to be a Christian. So they will just tear their faith apart and never return to it. But for me, that has not been where I've landed. And by the grace of God, I can say that my faith is stronger than ever because my journey in spite of all of the difficulties that I've walked through within this harmful teaching of Bill Gothard, I've been able to come out on the other side stronger and I've taken a journey of disentanglement, which is like if you get putty stuck in your hair, you can remove all of your hair, throw that away. But mine has been one of like slowly picking out the putty out of my hair, keeping my hair, getting rid of the putty. It's a slow process. It's a painful process but I see it as necessary. And so that's been my journey. And I see, sadly, so many within this movement of deconstruction have just totally abandoned Christianity altogether because of someone who's let them down within Christianity or taught them things that are confusing. It's so disheartening to see these days.
1: How was fear the hallmark of your early faith?
2: Yeah, I think that the teachings of Bill Gothard It was based on fear, manipulation, superstition, and control. And so my life was really defined by that. I feel like for certain seasons as I was getting older, I was thinking about, okay, what does God expect of me? And so when I was saved at the age of 14, I realized, like, wow, I really want to glorify God. I want to love Jesus, but what does that mean? And so I was sitting under the teachings of Bill Gothard during that time and throughout my growing up years, and so I would start to focus on his principles and thinking, how can I live my life? How can I do these things that he's saying I need to do to gain favor with God? In my mind, it wasn't in salvific ways, but I was thinking not to gain God's favor in that way for my salvation. I knew that I couldn't do anything to come to Jesus to be saved, but at the same time, it almost played out that way because in my mind I was like, what does God require of me? I don't know. So my life was consumed by fear because I was so concerned with maybe stepping outside of a box that I didn't know I was supposed to be in. Bill Gothard taught a lot of things about if you believe that you're not supposed to have a picture of a boat on your wall, then if you do, you know, that could be sin. Like you never know what is sinful around you. So you're very superstitious. And that produced a lot of fear in me, trying to figure out what God wanted from me, not based necessarily in the Word of God, but maybe more on emotions or feelings, how I felt that day. And so it wasn't grounded in Scripture and in the Word of God as I would see it now. Like, I know what's expected of me from God because His Word is very clear in that. And so it was just left up to my emotions. And that definitely was tough to walk through as a young teen.
1: Who was Bill Gothard and how did his teachings almost completely shape your life growing up?
2: Bill Gothard, he came on the scene in the sixties and seventies, promising families, a guarantee for success for your family. So I think this is why a lot of parents were wrapped up in the teachings in the early years. A lot of churches got involved, sent busloads of people to stadiums that Bill Gothard would pack out and He came on the scene whenever the sexual revolution was happening and parents were so concerned for their children, thinking we don't want them to get wrapped up in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And so he came on the scene offering all of the answers to life's problems. He said, if you follow my seven basic life principles, then your life will be a success. But if you don't, then your life will be one disaster after another. And so he came promising all of these guarantees, and I think that's why so many people followed his teachings so seriously.
1: You mentioned his basic life principles. I'm a Gothard kid, too, probably a lot earlier than you were, but I can't remember the basic life principles, but I do remember a big red book. What are those principles?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, the seven basic life principles are design, responsibility, suffering, ownership, authority, freedom, and success. And one of those that really stands out to me is the umbrella of authority. And I think you said you're a Gothard kid. So anybody in that setting may have this picture that I think was really pushed in our thinking of the umbrella of protection. You would also call it an umbrella of authority, umbrella of protection. But one that I feel was maybe most harmful was this idea of us being under this umbrella of protection that, you know, adult children must stay at home until they're married. Otherwise, you're taking yourself out from the protection of God because your parents are under this umbrella, you're under their umbrella. And then if you get outside of that by getting a job outside the home as a woman or moving outside the home, then you are opening yourself up to direct line of Satan's attack. And so there was no protection from God, even as a believer, you're thinking, oh, man, now I'm in Christ, and I'm protected by God. But no, it's interesting, because it almost set the parents up like a priest, or as a barrier between you and God. You would say, well, I have a personal relationship with God, but that's just not enough. You have to be under these layers of protection and authority, and that comes through these certain umbrellas. And so... It's so harmful because I think so many people would think, oh, if I listen to music with drums and maybe even the Gettys, you know, it would be terribly sinful because now I'm opening myself up to Satan's attacks.
1: How have you disentangled those principles?
2: For me, it was interesting. It was really just seeing the teachings of Bill Gothard for what they are. I always thought the Bill Gothard. I had heard people say, oh, he's probably a prophet sent from God to share these special revelations, these truths that we just need to know we can't find anywhere else. And I believed that. I fell into that trap of thinking that he had some amazing revelations outside of the Bible that I couldn't find elsewhere. And so for me, it was just seeing that he's not a Bible teacher. And examining these teachings according to the Bible, that's what was most freeing for me. Because as soon as I saw, this isn't based in Scripture. These texts, even that he may have pulled from the Bible and tried to make, say whatever he wanted to, it just wasn't so. And so that, for me, was most freeing because I saw God for who he truly is. Like I said, going through authorities, authorities are amazing gifts in our lives. We have authority that God has given. God is our authority, and God sets up different authorities within the justice system, all these things that we have as gifts from God. But the ultimate authority is in relationship to God. And so I think there's not this in-between person, you know? Jesus is our mediator, and we don't need anyone else. And so for me, it was such a freeing concept to just see that God's Word is sufficient, and I don't need a man to tell me these truths that I couldn't see anywhere else. I think that should send up red flags and warnings if a teacher is claiming to have some element or some handle on truth that no one else has ever seen before. But I just didn't see that, sadly, in my growing up years.
1: So how did your perspective begin to change when your sister, Jessa, began courting?
2: It was interesting. That season was so helpful for me. She, my sister Jessa, had begun talking to a young man, Ben, who, his family went to a more solid church where they would walk through the Bible verse by verse and read the Bible in its full context and not just pulling out a verse and making it say whatever you wanted it to say. And that was something that I had never really sat under that type of teaching and it challenged my perspective on how I read the Bible. It was something that was so encouraging for me because I realized, oh, wow, like I see the Bible as a whole, as a greater story. It's God's story. And yes, I will read the Psalms and there are times where I'm like, wow, I can so identify with the psalmist. This is so encouraging. And the Lord just speak to us through his word, but it's not like, I'm going to pull out a verse here, I'm going to pull out a verse there out of context and just make it say whatever I want it to say. And so I started to read the Bible as a whole instead of just pick out a verse here and there for devotions and read that. And it really shaped the way I viewed the Bible.
1: Ginger Dugravolo is our guest. She's author of the new book, Becoming Free Indeed, My Story of Disentangling Faith from fear. We'll find out about how she met her future, then future husband, Jeremy, next. Thanks to our beloved on demand listeners, Issues Etc. consistently ranks among the top podcasts in religion and spirituality. You can help us climb the charts by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us cast Christ's Net on the internet. Subscribe, rate, and review Issues Etc. today.
0: We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start. The Foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org.
3: Talk radio for the thinking Christian. You're listening to Issues Etc.
0: Making disciples for life across the nation, students are back in school in over 1,800 schools serving children in early childhood through high school. Students are thriving in programs of excellence in a safe, caring Christian environment taught by dedicated teachers. To find a school in your community, visit lcms.org/schools. Connect today for information about a Lutheran school for the children in your family at lcms.org/schools. With the war on chocolate
2: that's been happening around us lately, it's time to change up our Easter gift giving. And Ad Cruesome has the solution. We have hundreds of beautiful wares to enhance your and your loved one's devotions. See our prayer beads, icons, wooden plaques, incense burners, and of course, our beautiful new Chancel Culture mugs and swag. Visit AdCruesome.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com.
1: Dugger Volo is our guest. We're talking about her journey out of Bill Gothard fundamentalism. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues, etc. Did you tell us about meeting your then future husband, Jeremy?
2: Yeah, meeting Jeremy that was a gift from God in so many ways. It was interesting because he did not grow up in the same setting that I did. He was raised in a Christian home, but they had more of a conviction of reading scripture as a whole in its context and all of that. So he grew up under solid teaching and he was totally outside of the Gothard world. He became friends with my brother-in-law, Ben, and they had so much in common and that's how we first met. So whenever Jared came on the scene, I was interested in him, like a little bit into like knowing him because I saw that he had such a genuine relationship with God And interestingly enough, I think I would have been more scared to enter a relationship with someone who was outside of Bill Gothard's world because he wouldn't have the same perspectives on all the little things that I thought were so important. If that was like on certain modesty standards, on not listening to music with drums, on kids living at home until they're married, all these things that I thought were so big in my mind. But it didn't matter because when Jared came on the scene, I started to see he loves Jesus more than most young men I've ever seen, you know, in these settings. And I'm not going to put my trust in a person. I'm not going to say, like, oh, he's he's perfect. like. But I realized that he loves Jesus and there's safety there because he's so committed to the word of God. He has such a strong relationship with Jesus. That's where I feel safe is not because of his performance or any of these outward things that he has going on, but his heart is close to God. And so I noticed that right away in him, and I was so attracted to that.
1: What did he think about Gothard's teachings?
2: He actually, funny story, he came to a Bill Gothard conference. My family was attending there, and he was coming just to see my brother-in-law Ben because Jeremy lived in Texas at the time, and that's where the conference was held, so he was going to swing by the conference to see Ben, and it was so crazy, because he shows up on this campus, and he's like, wow, everybody's dressed the same, everybody has on this plastered smile, they're, like, over-the-top happy, it was just so interesting, he said it felt like a utopia, and he was like, what is this? And the further in he got, he started to get to know a couple people from the conference. And he was like, wow, this is interesting. But it wasn't until he wanted to get to know me and my dad said, hey, before you can move on in your relationship with Ginger, I want you to listen to 60 plus hours of Gothard's teaching. And so Jared just started listening through these seminars. And it was then that a couple seminars in, he was like, huh, he has some interesting things to say, like philosophically, he's talking about humanism, which is, he has some good things to say about that, avoiding that pitfall. But at the same time, he was like, this is not Bible teaching. So that was something that really shocked me, because I always thought of Bill Gothard as the best Bible teacher ever. And it was whenever he started opening the Word of God and saying, hey, Ginge, what do you think about this? Listen to what Bill Gothard just said. What does the Bible say about that? And I was like, whoa, it's the exact opposite. This is so crazy how for so many years I had not examined these teachings according to the Bible but now that I saw that it wasn't in the Word of God, I want to live my life only according to the Bible. Those outward things started to like fall off in my own life but at the same time, Jared was like, there were some major red flags that he was seeing within this teaching and I think that getting to know me better. He started to see my perspective of God was so warped because of these teachings, and I was so fearful. I was confused about the union with Christ, the beautiful gift that believers have, a union with Christ. That was not a concept that I fully knew because I was so wrapped up in my performance almost, even though I wanted to glorify God and I wasn't trying to work my way to Him it almost played out that way practically. And so it was really helpful for us to have these conversations, to talk through the teachings, and that started to produce more freedom in my life.
1: When did it dawn on you that, centering on the gospel, that Gothard's teaching weren't the gospel, but as you just said, the opposite of the gospel?
2: Yeah, I think there was one particular time I remember listening to one of these sessions. I was going back and watching some of his seminars. Once I realized that these teachings were not based in the Bible, I wanted to go back and reexamine to see, okay, what is he saying and how much of my understanding of God has been wrapped up in a false view of him. So going back and listening to the teachings with an open Bible was freeing for me. And I remember one time, though, Bill book came on. He had given a decent gospel speech, I guess you'd say. Like, he was going into some of his teachings, which were really wacky, and then he came back and he was like, well, you know, we need to turn to Jesus for salvation, and we can't do anything to earn salvation. But then a couple seminars later, he tells a story of someone who was wrapped up in some stuff, and he said... I told this woman that I had a way for her to come to God and she said, Oh, do you have a way? And he said, yes, I do. And he said, do these three steps because you can't come to God with this mess. You can't bring this mess to Jesus. So let's clean up these steps and then come to Jesus. And he gave steps for her to follow before coming to Jesus, because of course you don't want to bring Jesus into this mess. He said, and I was like, Whoa, that is the complete opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because the gospel of Jesus Christ is not anything that can be earned by works. It is a transformation that happens from within, where Jesus saves us from our sin, and he rescues us when we were enemies of the cross of Christ. He comes in and he saves us from our sin, and that repentance, that brokenness of desperation, I can do nothing to come to God, and I can bring nothing. All my best works are but filthy rags before a holy and righteous God. And that was something that was so shocking to me. It kind of was like a jolt. Like, how could I ever have listened to these teachings and not noticed that before? So that was a huge turning point in my thought process of Bill Gothard. And it really provided a certain level of separation in my mind of like, oh, wow, this is next level. It's not just like, oh, this teaching is whatever. Some people can hold to it. Some can't. It's like, no, if you have the gospel wrong, you have everything wrong.
1: Why were you hesitant to criticize Gothard's teachings publicly?
2: I think it took me a minute to come to a place where I felt like I was ready to speak because when you're raised in such a tight-knit community where your loved ones, your friends, they are so wrapped up in this teaching, it's so difficult to come and speak against it because I remember... When a couple of people had talked to me about Bill Gothard or said a couple of things about him that were negative, I would kind of almost shut off. Like I would close them out of my life, like think, okay, I don't want to hear what you have to say because I would protect that in my mind. So I knew that the second I spoke up about this, I didn't know if I would lose friends or if loved ones would not appreciate it. And so I wanted to be very thoughtful and winsome even in the way that I talk about these teachings or even being raised in a home where these teachings were prevalent, that it wouldn't be in a way that was bitter or angry because that's not my heart. I wanted that to shine through to see, no, my heart is just, I want everyone in this to see that this is not Christianity. This is not what a relationship with Jesus is like. And so... I wanted to be able to articulate it well, but then also just for anyone still in that setting to see that this is out of a heart of love.
1: You say that you started looking for Jesus when you read the Bible. What do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, I think just like I had said before, I think my view of God was so warped. I thought that God was out to get me in everything. Even as a believer, I thought, I don't know what God expects of me. I think that I'm almost like reading the Bible, trying to place myself into every text and pull out some revelation, maybe something that God wants me to do today in the Bible. So i pull out a verse, for instance, like Bill Author would teach this one text that I remember, he'd say, man shall not live by bread alone. Therefore, we need more fiber in our diet. And and then he went into a whole list of medical issues and how you can cure yourself from all these diseases if you follow this verse. And so I would kind of read the Bible like that. And instead of seeing this beautiful thread throughout the Bible, just of the glory of Christ, the beauty of Christ being put on display and in me not imposing myself into all these texts of scriptures, it really shaped my view of God as a loving Heavenly Father and seeing the greatness and the majesty of Christ in a whole new light. It was just so amazing. And so reading scripture as a whole in context was something that I had never really done before. And so it just totally changed whenever I realized, oh man, this is His story. This is about Jesus. This is about His work in the world. It's not about like imposing myself into every storyline.
1: Ginger Duggar-Volo is our guest. She's the sixth child in the Duggar family of TLC's 19 Kids and Counting, and author of the new book, Becoming Free Indeed, my story of disentangling faith from fear. We'll talk about the last time she attended the Gothard seminar after this.
3: Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to come out to the 2023 Issues, Etc., making the case conference. It's going to be a blast. Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee. I'm going to be giving a presentation called Making the Case Against Cancel Culture, where I talk about how we write comedy and how Christians need to use art and writing and all of that wonderful stuff to fight against cancel culture and how we have to take a bold stand for the truth using the creative talents that God has given us. It's going to be a great time, and I'm so excited to come out and see everybody, meet everybody, and uh, and talk a little
1: bit about how we write satire and use that to communicate God's truth. You can meet and hear Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call, 618-223-8385. Making the Case June 16th and 17th in River Forest, Illinois.
3: It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc save the date the 2023 lutherans for life national conference is october 11th through 13th at the holiday inn cincinnati airport in erlanger kentucky with visits to the ark encounter and creation museum look for more information in early 2023 at lutheransforlife.org conference lutherans for life Equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org
0: For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's Best is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at siestakeyrentalgenie.com or call Virginia at
1: 941-266-1858. We're discussing Ginger Dugger-Bolos' Journey out of Bill Gothard Fundamentalism. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Ginger, tell us about the last time you attended a Gothard seminar.
2: Yeah, so the last time I went to one of the conferences from Bill Gothard was, I walked into this conference and I was so saddened, really, with what I saw because it was so tragic to like see so many families going there thinking, this is going to fix my family. And so many of these families I knew had major problems within their families, and they thought, this is the cure. I'll send my kids to these programs. I'll come to the conferences, and I will have guaranteed my family will turn out okay. And that was just so heartbreaking. That was shortly after Jeremy and I were married, and that was 2017. We went back to one of the Bill Gosser conferences, not to attend the conference, just to pop over to say hi to my family. And I was just sad. I was so sad because this had been the place that I had gone to for so many years. It was utopia. It was my favorite thing I looked forward to each year and going back, I was just so sad to see how many of them had been sold a false view of Christianity. And it's not the God of the Bible whenever there are works involved or whenever you are promised this guarantee for success. And promise that, you probably won't have suffering, or if you have suffering, maybe it's something you did. Like, all of these teachings they were learning were not based in Scripture, so I was just very saddened by that. So yeah, it was interesting going back with a totally different perspective on Bill Gothard, and just, I think that's what propelled me to write this book, was going back there and seeing these families, and I was like, "There's, there's still so many people, even though Bill Gothard is out of the picture now there are so many families who still follow these teachings and think that they're going to gain them favor with God.
1: After you married, you talk about social anxiety, living in Laredo, Texas.
2: Yeah, I, I remember moving to Laredo. My husband, Jeremy, was there pastoring. He had been there for a couple years whenever I moved there and joined him once we were married. And I showed up at the church, and it was a tough thing for me to— work through because I had so much anxiety and fear really continued to grip me because I think I was looking at these people feeling like, okay, I'm coming out of these crazy teachings. I was working through a lot. It took a lot of energy, emotional energy as well. But I think the main thing for me was the fear of man that I really struggled with feeling like, okay, okay. I don't know a lot of even social terms because I was so sheltered and I don't know how to have true, genuine relationships with people around me. And that was something that I I was saddened when I left because I realized, man, I feel like I haven't developed too many close relationships, even with people within the church, because I've been so guarded. Part of that was being in the public eye. The other part was just maybe... Being so introspective, so worried about what people think about me, that I had allowed that to put up a wall and not to let people into my life, and that produced a lot of anxiety in my heart.
1: What have you learned about Christian liberty?
2: That's been a huge, huge thing for me to come to an understanding that there is this beautiful thing of Christian liberty that I never thought existed Because within Bill Gothard's setting, everything is so black and white. Everybody should look the same as Christians, is what I would have thought. Everybody has to dress the same, talk the same, look the same, no matter even what cultural setting you come from. No dancing at all, like no rock music, all these things. I thought that that was so black and white. But realizing that there's this beautiful working within the body of Christ where we as Christians, we'll have differences. We come to the Word of God, we see the Word of God for what it is, but one may believe that he can eat this meat, another may believe that he can't, and that's okay. We don't, we're do not we not going to be cookie cutters, and I think that's the beauty of the gospel, that's the beauty of the work of Christ and the believer, is that God is able to keep us from falling. He's able to keep this person over here who believes that They can have this certain liberty. Um, Another person, it may cause them to stumble, so like maybe I'll avoid this for them. But there's so many inner workings within that idea of Christian liberty. But for me, I never thought it existed. I thought we all have to look the same. For my perspectives, um, going to Romans 14 and seeing that for this end, Christ died and rose again, that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living, and why are we to pass judgment on another person? And so that for me was a good perspective of like, okay, I'm not going to look at other Christians and judge them for these secondary issues that I think, oh, maybe they should do it this way. Maybe they should parent their kids this way. Maybe not send the kids to public school, or maybe they should do life this way. And realizing that I am not their Holy Spirit and Bill Gothard shouldn't be. One teacher should not be able to prescribe how every Christian should look. That was very freeing for me.
1: So what do you think of the allegations that have emerged regarding Bill Gothard and the so-called Gothard Girls?
2: Mm, So heartbreaking. I think whenever I first heard the news about these allegations, I was still kind of around that setting. And I was in denial for a good while, thinking, surely this is not true. Surely these are people who are just saying this because how could it be if he's really a prophet sent from God? Surely this is not the case that he did any of this. He was accused by 30-plus women of misconduct, and it was it was something that took a while for it to set in. In my heart, once I came out of the teachings, it all started to make sense. Here's this man who has never been married, never had kids, and is the expert on marriage purity culture, you know, all of these things, how to conduct relationships even within marriage, and he's inviting young girls to come work at his headquarters, only the pretty ones and we called them Gothard girls because it's like, you see they're the models of, um, the, those who are around him, he would invite the, only the pretty girls would get to come work for him. And that's something now looking back, I'm like, how could I think that was okay? That's for one, it, it's weird, but then just so inappropriate to have these people working so closely to you. And, Here, he's the one who would say, oh, women should never work outside the home. And then he goes and he's like, but unless you're sending your young girls to me, they can work for me. So we kind of viewed that as like a grandfather thing. Like, oh, he's just like a grandpa. But no, it was more than that. And so my heart just breaks now thinking about this trail of destruction and like sadness and hurt and pain that he's left behind. Even though he was never formally charged with anything after all of that because the statute of limitations had run out. It just broke my heart to think that I used to think that was so normal for him to like invite these girls to come serve at his headquarters.
1: What's life like now post television?
2: Life seems to be amazing. I mean, we are here in Los Angeles. My husband, Jeremy he got his Master's in Divinity out here. That's why we came, was to the seminary out here. And then now he is getting his doctorate. And so we're, we're still out here at the church. It's been fantastic to be at Grace Community Church, learning, growing, and our lives seem a bit quieter. I know it's been a busy season, even with this book project, but it's a different season. I think TV is all I've ever known. And so to have this time of, not being on a show for two years has been sweet and yeah i'm just grateful for the life that god's given us god has been so kind to us in the season we have two young girls felicity is four and evangeline is two so we're just enjoying them and yeah just so grateful to be out in los angeles at this time
1: how's your relationship with your parents and your siblings
2: yeah, I think that I am closer to some of them just because there's so many. It's so hard to keep in contact with everyone, especially being far from family. I miss my family so much. I also realize, like, we're here, they're there. And so a lot of them are so good about coming out to visit. And, yeah, I feel like I have a really good relationship with most all of my siblings. And I'm so grateful for that. And then, yeah, my parents, they've been out to visit a couple times, and I wanted to share, even at the beginning of this book, I know a lot of people could say, oh, do you have hard feelings against your parents or whatever for raising you in the system? And I wanted to make it very clear from the start, this is not a story about my family. This is my personal theological journey. I see how um, my parents sought to give me the best foundation they could. They wanted to point me to Jesus. And sadly, they had been deceived by these teachings to get wrapped up in these teachings, thinking that this would guarantee their kids' success, and as many other families got wrapped up in it. But I love my parents. I would do anything for my family. And so I'm so grateful for each and every one of them.
1: Finally, what would you say to someone who is still living under the burdens of Gothard's false teachings?
2: My heart has been from from the beginning, just whenever I was coming out of these teachings, I just started to think of all of those who had been so harmed and so confused in their view of God, just wanting them to know the peace of God that He gives to believers. And this you don't have to perform for God. You're not trying to keep up a certain list of man-made rules to gain favor with God, because that's not going to gain you favor with God. It's only going to leave you in a place feeling so distraught, so fearful and worried and confused, but realizing that Jesus is a kind and loving Savior. He's near. He draws near to brokenhearted. He is with us in our sufferings. He is good and faithful. He will keep His children, and the security of the believer is something that I found rest for my soul in realizing that as a child of God, I want to please God, but when I sin, that there's forgiveness, that there's restoration, there's there's mercy found in coming before God, in our brokenness, in our weakness, and He is there. And so that's something that I would hope for anyone who was raised in Bill Goddard's system or in another system, a teacher who claimed to seek for God but didn't, that they would come to know the beauty of Christ for who He truly is.
1: Ginger Duggar-Volo is married mother of two children in Los Angeles. She's the sixth child in the Duggar family of TLC's 19 Kids and Counting, and author of the new book, Becoming Free Indeed, My Story of Disentangling Faith from Fear. You can purchase this book at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Ginger, thanks.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Issues Etc. has been brought to you in part today by Ad cruesome Ad Cruesome is your one-stop shopping source for Christian greeting cards, art, jewelry, posters, church banners, and more. Visit their online store tonight at A D C R U C E M A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. Friday on Issues Etc. we'll get a review of the movie The Jesus Revolution with Pastor Ted Geese. We'll talk with Dr. John Bambaro about preaching the end times, and we'll discuss a Supreme Court case on religious accommodation in the workplace, Groff v. DeJoy. Can an employer force an employee to work on Sunday against his religious convictions? Rachel Morrison will be our guest. I'm Todd Wilkin, thanks for listening.
3: Is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
0: I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted
2: because I'm a part of His family through Jesus' shed blood.
0: Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at UnityESL.org. UnityESL.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways.
2: College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, President of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com.